jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for oh! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Welcome in, welcome aboard a Thursday edition of Orange Nation here on ESPN Radio. Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonte with you up until 2 o'clock. Brent X coming up at 4 o'clock to take you through your drive home. We got plenty to get to here. Uh, we've got some Final Four talk coming up. We'll talk a little baseball coming up in hour number two. I know Tommy's uh, working on. We we put Tommy to to double time work here. Normally we just say, "Hey, come in with today's business, and you're all good." Uh, today we said, "No, we need we we need more out of you, Tommy." We, well, he did we, nothing we, for us yesterday. Right, exactly, so. exactly. We need a little more out of you. You missed yesterday, so you're going to make up our segment, and uh, he's going to come in. He tells me he has sports would you rather's. So I'm. I'm curious where that's going to go, but that'll be coming up uh, a little bit later this hour. But, Steve, I, I mentioned the Final Four there. I wanted to start off with the Final Four because maybe it's the teams that are involved. Maybe it's the letdown of not having Duke there. But it feels like, and maybe I'm off base here, it feels like there's like a decided lack of buzz about this Final Four. It sounds like there's a something missing here when when I'm looking at this Final Four. Uh the games are in two days. I'm sure everybody's making their way out to Minneapolis and, and is getting there today or, you know, yesterday or today. So I'm sure that the buzz will start to pick up as as we get towards Saturday. But it feels like there's just been something missing with these four teams. And the only thing I can really pin it on is eh, Virginia's kind of boring. They're a great story, but kind of boring. Uh, you know, they're, they're led by the head coach, who's just very plain, uh, you know, this Auburn team is kind of strange, and they were up and down all year long, and right now they're up and they're playing as well as anybody else. You don't really know much of anything about Texas Tech. And, like, Michigan State is kind of this power that's kind of kind of sort of been there. There's nothing flashy about any of these four teams. And that's, I mean, I guess that's the best thing to pin it on, but I don't know if I'm missing something here. Well, I think you're missing Duke. I think you hit the nail on the head because this is a Final Four that, in my opinion— lack storylines. It took you, what, two sentences to say the word Duke. I mean, that that's the biggest storyline going into the Final Four, is it not? The biggest storyline is that Duke is not there. And so when you your biggest storyline is in regards to a team that is missing, then something's going to be missing in terms of the, the buzz and the excitement. Um, I, I do feel like it's a rather random Final Four. Um you know, like people just pointed on a map and landed well, on a couple of states. To, to some degree, I mean, it's you know, college basketball is in the process of deciding its national champion, and this is what we love about March Madness. But this is also the drawback to March Madness. Whereas with college football, you get 
the four top teams, and you could debate whether or not you know the fifth team or the sixth team should have been in the top four, but generally you get the four best teams, and they get to decide on the field who the national champion is. With college basketball, you get the four best teams over the course of two or three weeks. Like Auburn, for instance. Auburn has been one of the best teams in the country over the course of the last three weeks. The SEC tournament and then the two weekends in the NCAA tournament. Are they one of the best four teams in the nation over the season? No, not even close. I think that you you might be hard-pressed to say necessarily that they're one of the 15 best teams in the nation. Right. Over the course I mean, they of, got a five seed, and so that, was, that was probably 20, generous that was at the generous, time, which, exactly. right, which puts them in the top 20. So it's the beauty of college basketball that anybody can win it, but you also end up with a Final Four like this. And not, not that the Final Four is bad, but it does it, it, it kind of feels like the college football playoff, except for it's not the four best teams, right? Because you've got the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC all represented. I mean, this could be a college football Final Four, except for it's not the best teams. It might not be the best team from any of the four conferences. I mean, you got Virginia, and we can argue whether or not Virginia's better than Duke, but I think most would say that that Duke is the top team out of the ACC. They're not there. Kentucky's the top team out of the SEC. They're not there. You could debate between Michigan and Michigan State out of the Big Ten. Right. Um, Michigan State got there. And is Texas Tech the best team in the Big 12? They probably were, but they don't have the same name cachet as Kansas, for instance. So you've got the the college football Final Four, you know, with with these four major conferences, but you don't necessarily have the best teams from those conferences. So I think it's a combination of all those factors leading up to, you know, it feels like a random Final Four. You've got teams that have never been there before, but not the little guy, right? You don't have Loyola Chicago. You don't have George Mason. You've got, you know, Texas Tech. Tech making its its first appearance, and it it it, it does. It lacks storylines. It lacks Duke because I think Duke was the biggest storyline certainly going into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, to your point, maybe it lacks exciting teams. It lacks like if if I said to you right now, who is the who is the best player? In this final four, like who are you tur- turning on the TV? If you don't care about any of these four teams, you're, you're right. You can't turn it on to see Zion because he's not there. Who are you tuning in for on Saturday night? And I, I don't know what the answer I is. I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, I, I don't take that to mean the same thing as who's the best NBA prospect. Right, I'm saying you know, who and, is from an entertainment right, value, is, just you as a well, college and, basketball fan, and who do you want to well, see play? Well, that's why I delineated it, because I know that you, when you said that, it's it's the tune-in factor. Who's making you watch? The best player in this Final Four very well might be DeAndre Hunter. Uh, right, the, the best player, the best NBA prospect very well might be DeAndre Hunter. Uh, or Jarrett Culver da, down at Texas Tech. I don't know that either of those two guys are making you turn the TV on. No, they're not. I, I don't think they Hunter are. Hunter certainly isn't. But I, I don't know that Jarrett Culver is enough to make me go out of my way to turn the TV on and to watch that game. Now, that's not to say I'm not going to watch, uh, but if things get out of hand, I could see myself tuning out, right? I, it's like, I, I look at this and I say, all right, there's, there's a Yankee game at 6.30, 7 o'clock on, on Saturday. You know, there's, there's plenty of other things to do on a Saturday night. You know, I, I could see myself kind of tuning in and out. If I'm if I'm not entertained by one of these games, which is something that I just couldn't necessarily imagine doing, uh, you know, with a Final Four in recent years, and maybe that's my fault. But I look at these four teams, and yeah, there's a compelling storyline, and I think the most compelling storyline is that Virginia one. I, I think that there's there are few things in sports that would be more impressive to me than losing in the most embarrassing way you could possibly lose in your sport. 
right? Losing as a as a as a one seed to a sixteen when that had never happened before, and not just losing, not losing on a buzzer beater, not losing in some close game, but getting blown out. They got smacked in that game, and then to come back with largely the same team and largely the same players, and essentially just coming back with all those guys who had lost last year, but now they're a year older. If they were to go win the national title, that is one of the most compelling stories I can remember in recent sports. But outside of that, what's your what's your, what's your your other interesting story? Because, okay, great, Auburn's there for the first time. All right, great, Texas Tech is there for the first time. But like, I feel like I know nothing about either of those two programs. And, and listen, we're going to watch the national final no matter what. Um, and you're right. Monday, that would be a huge storyline. If Virginia is playing Monday, that becomes the storyline, bouncing back from all the adversity. Absolutely. And that's the storyline Sunday as well. If they win, you know that that storyline will carry everyone through 48 hours of you know look at what they did. They lost to the 16, and then they bounce back. And you know Tony Bennett's a, a great coach, and and the, the way these guys bounce back from adversity and persevere that that'll be the storyline for 48 hours. But why are you watching Saturday night? I don't and, know. And I'll be honest with you. I'm a huge college basketball fan. My favorite sport. I love basketball. I love the college game more than anything else. I'm not really looking all that forward to to the Final Four on Saturday. Can you imagine from a from a CBS perspective um, and the you know the, the the television marketing of this if it's Auburn and Texas Tech in Ooh. the finals? I mean that is that is a possibility. Ooh. Both these teams are playing awfully well. Can you imagine if you're trying to market be awful. Auburn Texas Tech? That'd be brutal. So you know I, I'm. I'm interested to see Virginia, but I think the fact that Duke is not there and you don't have Zion and you don't have RJ Barrett, just from a pure like basketball standpoint and 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 you know, they're so impressive to watch, but also people hate Duke. So that's right. another reason to t- tune in is you want to see them lose. Uh, they lost one round too early because I, I think that, you know, if they had lost in the Final Four in the national title game, again, that's a compelling storyline. The fact that they are not there uh, leaves something to be desired with this with this Final Four. Yeah, and look, we, we talked about this on Monday a little bit where it changes not only your perception of, of like this Final Four, which, which is what we're talking about now, but it changes your perception of that team. Had they just gotten to this weekend, even if they lost on Saturday night to Texas Tech, even if they had lost that game, if they had just gotten to this weekend, you would have been like, wow, all-time great team. I'll give you a perfect example. The Fab Five. They never won a championship. Never won a championship, but we look at them with you know this certain regard for you know they and 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 they deserve it too. I mean, the way that they had all five Absolutely. freshmen. I mean, it, it was it was amazing what they did. But I, I think you're right. Like if they had not gotten to the Final Four. Um, I, I think that, you know, history would have looked at that group differently than the fact that, you know, they were the, the first really to start all, all five freshmen and then to make it to the Final Four. And then, you know, the way in which they lost and the Chris Webber timeout. And again, it, it, it goes down in history. Um, but I think we, you know, I think we respect that team as, well, you know, wow, they were still one of the all-time greats, even though they didn't win at all. And to your point, the fact that Duke didn't get there, I don't, I don't think Duke can be in the conversation now. Right. And and look, I'm, I mean, to to a lesser extent, and and a team that you know maybe isn't talked about so much right now, but maybe in another five or ten years they'll they'll be remembered a little bit more as as we get to the point with that team that we are kind of with the the Fab Five, uh, you know, and, and when documentaries started being made about that. But how about that Kentucky team that went thirty eight and zero? Uh, yeah, they went thirty eight and they they went thirty eight and one. Like they they lost one game and it was in the Final Four. Uh, but you look back at that team and you're like, wow, that was a really good team. 
And like to get to the final four undefeated is unbelievable. And I think that, you know, we and, and I hit on this a little bit on Monday, but there's there's something different about college basketball than anything else where like getting to that championship round is good enough. And maybe it's because we market it as the final four and not the championship, but there's something about just getting to this weekend that is a really big deal. And given that you hang banners for getting to the final four and you'll like Virginia will most certainly be hanging a banner next year, whether they get to the championship game, win the championship game, or just lose on Saturday night, they're going to be hanging a banner on opening night or at their midnight madness. The fact that like we treat this in, in such high regard, it feels like we're not really, there's not much of interest coming up in, out of this. Yeah, I I think it's a great point. You know, again, you look back at the Loyola Chicago's and George Mason, and you know when the little guy Wichita State, when the little guy makes it to the Final Four, to some degree, it almost feels like they won it, right? I mean, exactly. You know, Butler, you know, for Butler to get there, it's almost it's almost like they won, right? Just to just to get that far, and then you know Brad Stevens made a name for himself, and then you know he finds himself in the NBA now. Um, it is remarkable because you really don't see it in any other sport. We talked about this, you know, the other day. We joked about you know the Buffalo Bills getting to four straight Super Bowls. Um, if you went to four straight Final Fours, you would be your dynasty. Be a dynasty. But you know Buffalo Bills get to four straight Super Bowls and lose, and and they're you know uh, the the butt of a joke. Um, but really, that that holds true in any sport—the World Series, the Super Bowl. Like, it's it's great to get there, but but like you I, need to win it like in order gonna, to to really you know cash in on that. And and maybe this is the maybe this is an unfair comparison, but how are you going to remember that Cleveland Cavaliers run that watched? They won one title. They also went to four straight NBA Finals. Yeah, that, I mean, they did win one. That's a good point. That's a good. I don't think you look at it the same way. Certainly, as the as, as the, the Bills. Well, it, to just to just to mirror them as as contemporaries, you certainly don't look at that the same way you look at the Warriors. That's true. That's true. Like whoa, the Warriors went to four in a row and they won three of them. It's like oh yeah, but the Cavs also went to four in a row. They just happen to be on the other side of the Warriors. I feel like that narrative has more to do with LeBron than it has necessarily to do with the Cavs. Sure. You know, it, it goes down in LeBron's. History. Right, because it'll, it'll really be part of eight straight, not just those four. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it'll be like, oh, remember when that happened? Right. But it, it, it is remarkable because in the Final Four, again, you know, especially with the little guy, the Loyola, Butler, Wichita State, it, it feels like just getting there is almost as good as winning the whole thing, which yeah. it, really in any other sport, that's that's not the case. Yeah, and I mean, think about it. and, and like it's, it's celebrated. It's a big deal that Auburn finally made a Final Four and Texas Tech finally made a Final Four. Um, I love it. Uh, I'm just curious to see how interesting these games are, uh, given that I, I, I mean, you turn on whatever you turn on. If it's if it's here on ESPN Radio, if it's uh, you know watching ESPN on TV and Sports Center and all that kind of stuff, I just I feel like there's just something lacking about this this weekend that uh, I don't really remember happening last year or the year before. Again, I think it's the best teams not there, and really the best players aren't there. Virginia is known for being like the consummate team. Michigan right. State is known for being the consummate team. You know, Auburn got hot at the right time. Texas Tech has been kind of flying under the radar all season long. You don't have that bona fide star. It's, you know, there's no Magic versus Bird this year. You know, there's no Anthony Davis. There's no Zion. There's no Carmelo. There's no Kevin Durant. You don't have that transcendent star in this Final Four. You got a lot of really good teams, but sometimes that's, the individual. Sometimes that's not all that exciting. Why don't we hit the phones here before we take a timeout? 315-437-7644 is the telephone number. We've got Matt in Syracuse on the line. Hey, Matt, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Good, good. What do you have for us? 
uh, just a couple points, and I'll hang up and listen. So I keep hearing um, we don't have the best teams, but we do actually have the best teams in the tournament. We don't have the name brands. That's that's what we're missing. Well, we do have the best teams. No. Overall, these guys are better teams than Duke. Teams, not individual players. They're better teams, but well, they're not the name brand, which everybody in the media builds up Zion, Zion. Zion is not the greatest basketball player to ever play in college. By far, he is nowhere near it. Number two, people are going to watch because it's basketball. It's better basketball. It's not highlight reel basketball, but it's better basketball. Yeah, I disagree with that a lot. I, Why? I, Why? Because Why? you don't because you don't have the stars and you don't have the names and but you don't have mean, it. That's not better basketball. That's, that's just not no, but it. it but You're it, talking entertainment. Yes, and and I think that you need that's the not enter- and, and Matt, Enter- that's fine. And, and Matt, 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 that's fine. It might not be better basketball. And I think that Virginia plays better basketball than Duke. I think they have all season long. But that being said, you need the entertainment aspect to get a lot of people interested and get a lot of people watching. And like I said earlier in the in the, in the this show, you know, if if the basketball is not entertaining and and if there's not you know that star and if it's just fundamentally sound good basketball, that's not going to draw a lot of people in. Like. I, it might be a, a a decent game. It might be fundamentally sound. It might be good basketball. Uh, there's also a Yankee game. There's also Netflix. There's also movies. It's also Saturday night. Like there's 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 a lot of other things that you can go do if the basketball is just fundamentally sound and good. Here's the other thing that I'll say, uh, Seth, in terms of you know whether or not the best teams are there. If this was, and I realize it's not, but if this was a five-game series, a three-game series, a seven-game series, my guess is Duke is is in the championship, right? If if Duke plays Michigan State five times, Michigan State might, Michigan State would push them. Absolutely, Michigan. How about this? Michigan State would have the best chance to get there of and uh, you know a better chance of getting there out. You know, than than Texas Tech or Auburn. Fine. And, and what I was going to say was, if this was, you know, if it was a three game series or five game series, my guess is, you know, Gonzaga's making it to the Final Four, Duke's making it to the Final Four, Virginia's making it to the Final Four, and you know, either Kentucky or Carolina's probably making it to the Final Four. Okay. And and of those teams, we we got one of them, right? We got we got Virginia. So I understand Matt's point that you know Duke proved over the course of the last two weeks that it is not the best team in the country. Almost lost to Central Florida, probably should have lost to Central Florida. Um, you know, obviously lost Michigan State. I'm losing my train of thought. They struggled with Virginia Tech. Virginia the, Tech, sorry. I, I, I couldn't yeah. remember the Sweet 16 game. Could have very easily lost to Virginia Tech. Thank you. Uh, drew a blank there. Um, so I think they proved over the course of the last two weeks they're not the best team uh, in the country. However, with Coach K and with that talent, and if it was a three or five game series, right. my guess is they're getting to the, the final same, four. The same and the way same, with Gonzaga. I was just I mean, going to say the same thing a, with Gonzaga. Is a great team, and and you get them on a one off, and there's an athlete, an, an uber athletic team that that on one night is just hitting a lot of the shots that they take. They're going to win. And that that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament. That's why we love it. That's why 12 seeds are able to beat fives. If if this was a series, if every one of these was a mini three-game series, then there would there would be very few upsets. Middle Tennessee State is, is not beating uh, Michigan State two out of three. Right, and I think... It's just not happening. You know, you, you say that there's not a lot of buzz with this Final Four. I do think some of it just goes to this 
this entire NCAA tournament, there was so much chalk, right? It, there was so few upsets. There, there wasn't a Cinderella. We didn't see, you know, a Loyola Chicago defy the odds and make a run. Um, you know, is is Auburn a Cinderella? I mean, they they won the SEC tournament. They they played great down the stretch of the season. They're not a Cinderella. They've never been there before, and they you know they didn't win the regular season, but. You, you lack a Cinderella, you lack the best team in the country, or, or okay, I'll say the most talented team in the country, you lack, you lack storylines, and that's yeah. what it comes back to. I think that's why there's a lack of buzz. Let's take a time out here. We'll come back. We'll, we'll dive in a little bit more to, to this Final Four uh, when we continue here on Orange Nation. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Back on Orange Nation, Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonte with you. 315-437-7644 is the telephone number. 288-0644 on the text line or on Twitter. At Seth Goldberg 17, at Steve Infonte NC9, and at ESPN Syracuse. Let's head back to the phones here, Steve, before we get into a little Final Four talk of, of actual basketball. Actually looking at these teams uh, here for a minute. We'll do a little bit more of it tomorrow. But we've got Ben in Manlius on the line. Ben, how are you today? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to talk about, like, this uh, idea about, uh, you know, what makes the Final Four exciting. Because you just had a couple interesting statements in particular. So it's like, on one hand, you were saying, like, it's kind of a disappointment, right, that there's not, like, a Duke or whatever in it. And then, you know, later, uh, you know, I think after that last previous caller, then you say, oh, but what makes the tournament great is the upsets. Like, there's some, you know, contradictory tension in this, this yeah. statement. No, I get what you're and, saying. Ben, I'll, I'll let you finish. Um, I've, I've, said on, I've said on the show before, I like my upsets early and then, like, my favorites to win after that. You know, like I, I like I like the upsets in the first round where like the the, the four loses and the five loses, um, and then I like you know my ones and twos and threes to to end up making it through and you know have the have the better teams in the final four. Okay, so like you don't really like because the five to twelve is like historically we that's not really an upset anymore, I know, right? But no, I mean, but we, yeah. Uh, it's anyhow, the closest we come this, mostly. But, but I, I just think this is interesting because I feel there's been a shift in how generally sports media uh, covers um, things like upsets and underdogs. And I'm, I, I'm not as old as Steve, uh, though I think I'm closer to his age than yours, Seth. But it seems like when I was younger, there was a lot more excitement, a lot more uh, positive uh, stuff from the press about underdogs. And now it's almost just an unyielding celebration of winners and champions and uh, you know it's hard to watch something like you know a Scott Van Pelt even talk to an athlete these days because it's it's just embarrassing garbage yeah I think it's interesting I mean uh, I think that at the end of the day and and I don't I I can't speak to necessarily what it was 20 years ago or or 15 years ago but I, I think that at the end of the day uh, you're gonna have the 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 idea of like the winners write the history books, um, and so the guys who win and the guys who are at the top are gonna get a lot more coverage than than the guys who are at the bottom. And uh, you know, a, a team like Loyola Chicago gets a, a big run last year, and they're gonna get a lot of love. Or Butler makes it to the Final Four, they're gonna get a lot of love. Uh, but I think generally speaking, you're gonna cover the winners because the winners are what sell, right? The right, Steve. I mean, the the winners and the best teams in the country are typically speaking what what sells and what moves the needle. 
Yeah, and and, and listen, I, I love upsets. Like, I love Cinderella. I love the fact that Loyola Chicago made it to the Final Four and you got Sister Jean, and I love all the storylines that go with it. So I, I think that that's one of the things that's missed in this Final Four, really missing from this entire tournament, is that there there really was not a Cinderella for everybody to get behind. You know, UC Irvine won a game. Okay, if UC Irvine was playing in the Elite Eight or making it to the Final Four, okay, then you've got a Cinderella. But the fact that, you know, it was kind of a one-and-done situation for them. And, and even it, Murray State. Murray State Murray has State, John Morant, and then yeah. they, they lost in round two. Right. So there, you didn't have a Cinderella. You don't have... Again, the most talented team in the country, who also happens to be the most hated team in the country, because sometimes you know those are those are different, right? You can have the best team and then the most hated team. Like Kentucky this year would not have been the best team. A lot of people don't like Coach Cal, me included. Uh, you know, Duke would have been the talent, you know, the most talented team at the Final Four. They also would have been the most hated team at the Final Four. Um, you know, people would have been rooting against him. So, I, I think that's the 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 biggest thing with this. This Final Four, I said it in the first segment, I'll say it again, is it, it just it lacks compelling storylines. You don't have Cinderella. You don't have the most talented team. You don't have the most hated team. You don't have individual players that you can point to and say, man, I'm really a fan of his. You know? Um, to your point earlier, who are you pointing to and saying that's why I'm watching? And and that's the you know that's the question that it comes back comes down to with the, with this Final Four. Yeah, I think that you know again the casual fan is going to tune in. You know, for, you know, just to watch good basketball. You know, Matt pointed to it last segment. He said, you know, that, that you've got better teams and that it's going to be good basketball. I'll agree with that. I think you're going to get good quality basketball at the Final Four, but you're not tuning in to watch Zion play. Am I tuning in to watch DeAndre Hunter play? No. I, I don't think so. Um, you know, am I tuning in to watch Jared Culver play? Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe. I mean he's a nice player, right. but I'm not. I'm not making it a point. He's not must see TV in my mind, right? I mean, I, I don't think you have that. You don't well, have the Zion of, factor, and there aren't a lot of players who are must see TV. Like, there's not even always one each year, right? There, there's not always that must see TV player, um, and and that is what I think. You know, when when people complain about the coverage and the level of of interest in Zion Williamson, I, I think it's because we finally have one. Right, we we finally have a guy who every time he's on TV, he does something. He does something. He dunks. He blocks shots. Whatever it might be. Um, I don't know that you always necessarily have that. You always have good players. You always have standout players. Um, you don't always have it to that level. That being said, you have a couple interesting storylines in the in the Tony Bennett thing. Uh, but like you said, Steve, that that becomes a story if they were to win one more game. That becomes a story if they were to get to Monday. So the first team AP All-American was, it was Zion and R.J. Barrett. They happened to play on the same team. So they, you know, they're, they're not there. Grant Williams from Tennessee, John Moran from Murray State, and Cassius Winston from Michigan State. So you've got one guy who made uh, the AP All-American first you know, the all -American first team. Are you team. tuning in to watch Cassius Winston? No, I, I'm not. Um, again, when you think Michigan State, What's the first personality that comes to mind? Tom Izzo. Right. And then when you think of Virginia, who's the first personality that comes to mind? Kyle Guy. Okay. I was going to say Tony <laughs> Bennett, but that's fine. No, I, could just, be, I just said it to mess That's people. fine. You're not tuning in to watch Kyle Guy. You're not. You're tuning in to watch you know, good, solid team basketball. And, and I think that that's the best storyline going into this is that you know the TV execs have to hope that it's Bennett against Izzo, it's Absolutely. Virginia against Michigan State, it's you know two of the best teams in the country going at it to decide the national title. You know it's it's not an attractive storyline, but I do think that's the best storyline you got right now. Let's hit the phones here one more time before we take a timeout. We got Wayne in the truck on the line. Wayne, how are you today? 
Oh, not bad, man. I was just listening to the last caller, and I, I had a, a better explanation as to where the lack of bug, why why there's the lack of bugs. But then Steve just hit on it. But it's not not necessarily the coaches; it's the stars. The superstars are gone out of the tournament. The problem with it now is all the superstars are one and done. We've watched uh, in years past. We've watched these superstars fight through the tournament two, sometimes three years in a row, get close to the mountaintop and not succeed. But we don't know the superstar or the secondary stars like we used to because everybody's leaving after a year or two. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think that plays into it. I, I also don't think it, it it didn't hurt when you had a, Carmel, or a Carmelo Anthony-led Syracuse team or it didn't hurt when you had uh, Anthony Davis-led Kentucky team or it didn't hurt when, you know, the, the freshmen have led the way and, and, yeah, they ultimately would end up maybe coming back. Uh, well, Pat, Patrick Ewing was in the Final Four. What his freshman year? Uh, you know, it's it, it's not necessarily a. It's it. I, I, Michael Jordan, I, I think, was in the Final Four very, in in his freshman year. Like, I don't know that 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 necessarily hurts as much as well you you would th- this, imagine. But but I I understand the point. And, and this is why I think it's a good point is that you have so many one and dones that that a it's hard to. It's hard for a guy to take college basketball by storm in such a short period of time, right? The season starts in November, and you're talking about over the course of five months, um, you know, you need America to fall in love with someone. And exactly. I think America fell in love with Zion Williamson. And that very quickly turned on him. And and that's why that's why I think it, it's harder, to Wayne's point, is that you know, you, you're lacking the stars because it's hard for a star to yeah, burst upon the scene sure. in, in four or five months. Zion was a star before he got to Duke. Right, I mean, the, he a was way, a yes. he was a social media sensation. He had a million followers on Instagram already. So people yeah. knew who he was before the season started. To some degree, people knew who R.J. Barrett was. But a lot of these guys who are are one and dones, you know, by the time they build a name for themselves on a national stage, right? It's the you know the season's kind of coming to an end. The other thing is because you have so many one and dones. When you think of like. Back in the day when you thought of Georgetown basketball, yeah, sure, you thought of John Thompson, but he thought of Patrick Ewing and Alonzo Mourning and Dikembe Motembo and, and so on and so forth. And if you said Syracuse, yeah, yep. you thought of Jim Bayon, but you thought of Derek Coleman and Billy Owens and Ronnie Cycli and Sherman Douglas. Now if I say Kentucky, you know, there's it's a chance only the casual fan, there's a chance the casual fan can't even name the starting five or th- three guys in the starting five, and it's Coach Cal. And it's with North Carolina, it's Roy Williams. And with yep. Duke, you know, yeah, Duke obviously had RJ Barrett and Zion, but it's it's Coach K. And it it the game has become so much about the coaches and maybe less about the the individual players because all the best players they're here for sh- just such a brief period of time and yeah. then they're in the NBA. No, I buy that. Uh I, I do. Um I would also say that I when the one and done rule goes away, I don't think that's a good thing for college basketball. And and we can talk about that, you know, maybe maybe at another time. We do need to get to a timeout. Um, I'm not one of those people who thinks that's a necessarily a great thing for I'll college tell you basketball. What, since you just brought rule. it up, let's let's just continue this conversation. Okay. I'm curious to get your thoughts yeah. on that. Um, you're taking the best basketball players out of your system. Take a break. We'll All come right. back and talk about it. All right, we'll do that. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Back here on Orange Nation, Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonte with you. Let's throw out the number here, Steve, because I, I think people might want it. 315-437-7644. Uh, before the break, you asked me to clarify something I said. Uh, I said the, the one-and-done rule is good for college basketball. Um... Right, that you just said, hey, we need a we need a little clarification 
on that and, no, and just I'm expand just, on it. Right? I'm just curious to get your thoughts yeah. on that. So here's what I think. For, for college basketball, it is a good thing. It is a good thing to make people go into the college basketball system. I don't think that you can deny that. Uh, has it put more of an emphasis on uh, looking at guys who are going to leave after one year? Yes, it absolutely has. It has put more of an emphasis on that. There are some players that go to school with the intent of not going for more than one year, and it's a, it's a joke that they're in classes. I understand all of that. However, I'm going to read a list here of 20 guys. Carl Anthony Towns, Kentucky. D'Angelo Russell, of Ohio State, Jaleel Okafor and Justice Winslow of Duke, Trey Lyles, De- uh, Devin Booker, also of Kentucky, uh, Anthony, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid of Kansas, Jab- uh, Jabari Parker at Duke, Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd Gil- Gilchrist at Kentucky, Kyrie Irving at Duke, John Wall, Boogie Cousins at Kentucky, Derek Rose at Memphis, Michael Beasley at Michigan St- at uh, Kansas State, O.J. Mayo at USC, Kevin Love at UCLA, Greg Oden at Ohio State, and Kevin Durant at Texas. Can you tell me that college basketball is better off with those players not playing a year of college basketball? Yeah, you miss out on seeing them at the college game. I I get that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I don't know how much the college game is necessarily going to be affected. Okay, because you just rattled off I think you're going to lose 20 guys. Okay, but you just named like guys who turned into NBA stars, right? And who were over very the, good over in college. The, over the course of time. Okay, so I'm going to read, I'll, I'll rattle off some names to you as well. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So these are the, the, the latest mock draft. These are the freshmen that are projected to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Zion and RJ and Cam Reddish. Right. Okay, we know about them. All right. Um, Kobe White. He's projected right now fifth overall. Do you think he, he probably no? He probably would have been in in college anyway, right? And do you think that he would have gone fifth overall had he not gone to North no. Carolina and have a no, great and, year? And look, I don't think Zion would have gone one overall had he not gone to Duke and had a great year. Like, well, Zion, he still Zion was going to be a high pick. He might have been a top five pick. Now he's the consensus number one pick. Right. So again, I'm going to take the Duke guys off the table. We mentioned Kobe White. Uh, Keldon Johnson from Kentucky, Jackson Hayes from Texas, Darius Garland from Vanderbilt, uh, Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. Are we going to miss these oh, guys? No. I mean, I, 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 I don't even know who Charles no, Bassey is. And look, those guys are still going to end up coming to college. My my point is, though, when you look at, uh, I, I mean, just running through this list. You would have Dur- missed out this, Od- this year. Hang on, hang on. This year, you would have missed, missed out on Zion and RJ. Yeah. And, we, you, and, that's what it, and that's what it comes down to every year, but they're the best players in the country. Right. But my point is is that I don't think it's... there. And I'm not saying you're wrong, Seth. What I'm saying is I think there's this perception that once the one-and-done rule goes away, that you're going to miss out on 15 to 20 oh, guys every that. year. It's really like a handful, if, I, if that. I do, think, I do think that the first couple of years it might be more. I do think no, no, the first. You're going to see guys go. Yes. I'm saying the guys that you truly will miss, though. Like I'm not missing Charles Bassey from Western no. Kentucky. I'm not missing, you know, Moses Brown from UCLA. Like you know, no. th- these guys are projected first round picks. As a college basketball fan, I'm not missing them. I'm missing Zion and RJ. Right. I cherry picked the ones that you would have actually exactly. missed that did great right. things in college. So my point is, is that. I think there's this belief, and again, I'm not. I, I don't disagree with you, but I think there's this belief that you're going to miss out on 15 to 20 guys every year. You're really no. just going to miss maybe three or four it, that it are might, transcendent it, stars. It's five in a good year. It's five right. in a good year, and and like that. That's what I found when I was looking through this. Uh, the most guys I had from a single year was Towns, Russell, Okafor, Winslow, Lyles, and Bo- and Booker. And I think that you can make an argument that all six of those guys were really were, were you know top level college basketball players that had they not 
you know, had, had they had the option to, they probably wouldn't have gone to college. I think you can make the argument for all six of those guys. Uh, anybody else, like, a- after that, it's hard to make the argument. Like you said, Colby White is still going to UNC. Maybe it's still only for a year, but I, I tend to look at this and say, a system that could force people to go to college is good for the college game. Like, I, I do think still the college game is better off having Zion Williamson in it. The college game is better off having Carl Anthony Towns in it or having Greg Oden in it. Like, it, it's it's just better for the overall health of the sport to have those guys in it than not. And I can't argue with that. My my point is that you say it's it's better off. My my response would be how much better off. And I think it's I think the gap is less this year than a we, lot. I think I think the gap is less than we make it out to be, and that's fair. Uh, you know, and and again, this kind of I, I do think this goes year to year. I think that this this changes year to year. You know, the one and done class this year, given that you had Zion Williamson in it, uh, had a much bigger impact on college basketball as a whole than maybe the one and done class the year of Wiggins and Bede and Parker. You know, there, there's a difference there between between Zion Williamson and Andrew Wiggins. There there is a difference. Um, that being said. I think those guys still had an impact on the game. And I still think you're going to see really good players come to college and a kid like Kobe White, who probably would have come to college. And I mean, you know, he had a great year. And now yes. he's being projected as a, you know, potentially a top five pick. Um, I don't think that was happening that six months ago. So you're still going to see really good players yes. emerge. You know, a guy like John Morant, he's going to college and, you know, and, and he went to Murray State and he's emerged now as, you know, a top five pick. Um, you're still going to get those guys, but yeah, you'll miss out on you'll miss the out LeBrons on the best of the best and the Zion's right. and the right. Anthony uh, Davises. Well, and you mentioned you mentioned LeBron, and and I know that's like the easy pickings, but wouldn't it have been re- wouldn't it have been great for yeah, college basketball of if, you, if you said, "Hey, LeBron, sorry, but you have to go play a year of college of course, basketball." Of course, like that's, that's a good and 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 I guess that's what what my point is generally. I know it's not a lot of people. I know that I cherry picked and and even even at the most, it was only six people that I could make a reasonable argument. For wow, they were great in college. That's a guy who might have been able to go from from high school straight to the NBA. It, it, at the most, it was six guys, and, and I was probably even generous with some of these. But at the same time, um, like it's a good thing to get those guys into your system. It's it's a great thing to have them on TV playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, and you know, I, I think that there are a lot of people who say, "Oh, college basketball will be better off when." when the one-and-done rule is gone because maybe they, they think it just means everybody will go to school and stay for three or four years again. And I, I just don't think that's the case. I think that you're still going to have one-and-dones. You're just not going to have people who come into school and assume that they're one-and-dones. Yeah, and I understand both sides of the argument. Um, and, of course, you would much rather these stars go through college for one year than not go at all. It, you know, If you're a college basketball fan, I completely get it. Um, but again, my point is, is you know, you're only missing out on a few guys every year, you know, and and the the uh, you that's know, fine. It Kevin is... Porter's of the world at USC, right. like I'm not going to miss him. I, no, I, you're not because you didn't know that he was there. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, like like I said, it, it does change class to class who that guy is that you're missing. Yes. Right. Like it. It's a bigger. It's a bigger deal to have missed Anthony Davis than it is to have missed Kevin Love. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. 
And, and you know, so you, you name you know LeBron and Zion, and I mean, there's always you know whoever the whoever the top pick is. You know, there's some years where the top pick you know jumps off the page. Again, you know, Anthony Bennett. Like, do, do you do you miss no. a guy like that at, at no, the college not level? Not necessarily, right? I mean, you know, you said Andrew Wiggins. He was a nice player at Kansas, right? But well, but if if Andrew Wiggins is on the Kansas team, you know, if Andrew Wiggins' Kansas team is in this Final Four in in place of Michigan State. We we have our star. Yeah, right. That's a good point. You know, we we have our storyline. We have our star. Oh wow, Andrew Wiggins. That's a good point. And, and again, my point my point is is you're still going to get stars. You're going to miss out on obviously Zion and R.J. Barrett because they're going to go straight to the pros. But you're still going to get guys who emerge and and develop into stars in the college game. Um, so yeah, better for college basketball if those guys come here. But at, at the end of the day, you're only going to miss out on a few guys every year. Yeah, uh, you're going to miss out on guys. Uh, generally speaking, I like the idea of uh, if I'm if I'm running college basketball, I like the idea of everybody having to come to me because <laughs> it's not a great system. I want to cash in on Zion it's, for as look, long as I can. It's not, a, it's not a great system for the players, and we've been over this a number of times. It's not a great system for the players, but it's definitely better than any other option you have. And it works for the NCAA. Exactly, and it is great for the people running the NCAA. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back, wrap up the hour next on Orange Nation.